away from the fancy travel world of Instagram and YouTube, there exists a world of travelers who just like to travel. These travelers are more hardcore compared to Instagram influencers, just like Hulk is to Hulk Hogan. A weird example, but I didn't know how else to introduce the guest for today's episode. So here it is. One, Tracy Pauline Albert, the guest for this episode, is an educator and a biker. A two-in-one combo. When I met her and learned about her work and travels, I said yes. This is exactly the person I want to talk to for this episode. And after a bit of catching up, here I am with a new episode that will be live on Women's Day 2023. So let's welcome Tracy and hear about her amazing travels and meaningful experiences that she has collected all over India and the world. Hey Tracy, thanks a lot for taking out your time and joining me for this episode. You're welcome, Ansh, and thank you so much for inviting me. I know it's quite late there in India, <laughs> so thanks a lot. No, no, anything for a good uh, interview. So I think uh, it's uh, fine that it's only 10 p.m. over here. So Tracy, <laughs> before we start, please share a little about yourself and your uh, work. Sure. Um, so my name is Tracy Pauline Albert. I was born and raised in Vadodara, Gujarat, uh, which is where I finished uh, my schooling K through 12. And uh, after that, I moved to Chennai to do my uh, graduation. Upon graduating, I joined the Teach for India Fellowship uh, uh, in Pune. And, uh, you know, that was almost a decade ago. Uh, since then, I've continued to work in the development sector more specifically uh, in the education sector. So uh, after Teach for India Fellowship, I also moved to Bangalore, then I moved to Mumbai. Uh, more recently, in October 2020, uh, right amidst the pandemic, I moved to Sierra Leone, a country in West Africa. Over here, I joined an education organization called Rising Academy Network, headquartered in Sierra Leone. We also have our operations in Ghana, in Rwanda, in Liberia. Um, and I uh, currently work with Rising Academy Network as a head of programs. Uh, what that means is that I work very closely with our program leads and our academic lead to manage our portfolio of partnership programs. Uh, partnership programs with government as well as with other partners, uh, which impact close to 625 schools across the country. Uh, and this is through, you know, uh, distribution of uh, a great teaching and learning uh, curriculum uh, through teacher trainings and through uh, data-driven uh, sort of uh, school improvement. Uh, so that's my current role and that's been my professional journey. On a personal front, I'm a low-key adrenaline junkie. So I enjoy traveling a lot, even if it's solo. Uh, I'm also a motorcyclist. I'm a licensed scuba diver. I enjoy trekking, so I've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, and, you know, I'm always looking forward to new experiences. So that's a little bit about myself, Anj. That's a very detailed introduction. And uh, I'm <laughs> glad to know that I'm interviewing someone who has uh, climbed Kilimanjaro. Thank you so much, Anj. <laughs> and while we have a topic in mind, uh, do let us know about uh, how you started riding. Sure. So, you know, growing up, children ride a lot of uh, bicycles. And then uh, you sort of upgrade that to non-geared two-wheelers, which is quite common in India. So you have your Kinetic, you have your Activa, you have your Vespa. And now more uh, recently, you also have uh, Jupiter. So my mom had uh, uh, initially an, uh, initially a Kinetic and then an Activa. 
so you know i started riding that those non geared two wheelers then when it came to motorcycles so in my head there was no apprehension it was almost as if it's again like a natural progression i saw a friend in college riding a motorcycle and i was like oh can you teach me how to ride a motorcycle he taught me and uh, i thought that was uh, a very interesting experience and i really enjoyed it a couple of years later um uh, you know my then partner who is also an ardent motorcyclist taught me how to uh, ride motorcycles responsibly um so it means you know how do you wear your uh, riding jacket how do you wear your uh, gloves your elbow guard your knee guard your riding boots what 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 do you do when a motorcycle falls down so i think i was very grateful because through that experience i became a lot more confident and a responsible motorcyclist and at that point i hated being a pillion <laughs> so uh, any ride like actually riding a motorcycle i found that extremely liberating so when i actually had the opportunity to own my own motorcycle i was so happy um you know since then i've gone on a lot of rides i've gone on rides uh, in groups uh, with other people i've gone on rides with one other individual with a couple of individuals uh, i've gone on solo rides um you know back in india i was part of this group called um, uh, ministry of talk in sierra leone i'm currently part of a, a group called sierra leone bikers club so i think i've been very lucky to also be part of these bigger groups with people who encourage uh, you and also share your passion for motorcycling and also at the same time i've enjoyed uh, my experience in uh, going on solo rides whether it's in india or uh, even in sierra leone so i don't have a motorcycle here but you know i rent out motorcycles and just go on uh, rides by myself so that's a little about my uh, motorcycling journey since you have been a part of multiple biking clubs in both india and sierra leone what is your observation about uh, biking culture in both countries how do they differ how are they how one is better than the other what do you think so i think one big difference that i see in the biking culture between the two countries is that uh, in india you do have a lot more female motorcyclists than you do in uh, sierra leone um i know that uh, on the continent uh, more specifically uh, in kenya there is a big uh, motorcycling culture uh, amongst women uh, but currently in sierra leone um, the group is much smaller um and uh, compared to the group that i was part of in india and uh, female motorcyclists are also uh, lower in number compared to um, the, what i've seen in india oh i thought uh, india has a smaller uh, biking community of uh, female bikers compared to no. females no no i mean obviously the uh, amount of passion is same but uh, in terms of a female motorcyclist uh, uh, there is definitely like a big difference in yeah how how many uh, other female motorcyclists i've seen in india versus in sierra leone but i guess there are uh, uh, less female bikers in india who do long campaigns uh yeah that is uh, that's true i think uh, i haven't come across as many <laughs> <laughs> female motorcyclists who have done like a two month long expedition for sure so i think i'd say yes that is true 
I'm coming to the main part of this uh, discussion. You have uh, done some long biking trips and one of the purpose of your uh, travels is education. How did uh, your Sikkim trip plan came to your life and what gave you the idea of uh, participating in the uh, school construction project over there? Usually, uh, I'm an educator professionally and personally, I'm a motorcyclist. But uh, through this expedition, I feel like my passion for motorcycling uh, had the opportunity to get connected to the cause that I'm very passionate about, which is education. When we decided to go on this expedition, and when I say we, uh, it was two of us. So Ajay Vargis and myself. Um, and, you know, Ajay was also a big part of this expedition uh, as much as I was. So we knew that two month long expedition along the length and the breadth of the country is going to draw a lot of attention. And it did. So, you know, uh, we got featured in Rajasthan Patrika, Times of India, Divya Bhaskar, Sikkim Express, amongst other uh, print publications. We were also featured in Evo India magazine. Metro News in Kerala also did an interview with us. And all of this was anticipated earlier. So we knew that uh, this expedition of uh, two months will draw some attention. And uh, we had already saved up for this expedition. So we did not expect anything. But also at the same time, we felt like this is a good opportunity to channel this attention that we are getting for a good cause. And that good cause, you know, me being uh, an educator and having worked in the education sector, I knew had to be education. So that came from a personal uh, uh, sort of bias towards working in the sector. During this time, I was connected to uh, the director at Sikkim Himalayan Academy. Now, Sikkim Himalayan Academy is a residential school uh, located in a remote village called Buryakop in Sikkim, uh, nestled at the foothills of uh, Himalaya. The kindergartners in this school did not have a classroom for themselves. Um, they sat in the attic of the school uh, for their classes. And now this attic of the school was also a makeshift hostel for the students who were, you know, staying uh, in the school. So when I heard about that, I told myself these kids deserve a separate, you know, dedicated, conducive learning environment for themselves. And that's how the connection happened. Um, so the expedition was always on cards, but we just ensured that the attention we were getting is channeled for a better cause, which is education and more specifically building this classroom for the kindergartners at Sikkim Himalayan Academy. Trisky, so when you were working on this project, how was the local support? Did it take some convincing to start this project or everything was already taken care of? People were very, very supportive. I think everyone encouraged us a lot. In fact, even on the journey when we set out, one of the objectives of the project was also just understanding how people view education. And we spoke to so many people who were like first generation learners, second generation learners and they really value education you know there was this one stationery shop uh, owner that on the way we wanted to get just like a slate where we wrote how many kilometers uh, we've covered and basically take that picture share it with on on uh, share it on social media and you know in conversations we sort of explained the project and he was basically like, you know, I know you are just buying a slate, but like, I don't want to take money from you. So the slate and chalk, he was just like, no, please keep it. People really encouraged what we were doing. And like I mentioned earlier, just the different print publications and, you know, our friends who wanted to support the cause, not just in India, not just local support, 
but even friends who were outside the country they used the donation link and uh, donated to the cause so we crowdfunded and it was an online platform uh, that directly linked uh, to the school and uh, anyone who wanted to support the cause could uh, go to the link or like access the link and make a payment through the link but there were also people who supported us you know through their words through their action so yeah generally speaking i think there was a lot of support that the project received were you also a part of any specific programs or initiatives that was implemented in that school when you were there so um i actually yes was so uh and the benefit of being an educator is when you go to a school if you feel like you know um there is some additional support you can provide then you do end up doing that uh, especially if you are passionate about it so even though uh, you know to the extent that we were there for 10 days and then we had to obviously continue the expedition while i was there i noticed that um, the teachers could use a lot of support in terms of teacher training so when i came back i actually started a pro bono teacher training uh, support program for the school so i developed a teacher training module and again um, you know the director who was there puja puja was like a big support so we would sort of coordinate and i would have teacher training sessions over zoom with them that they would then follow up on and uh, you know if you have covered a certain module they would go back and uh, practice that specific strategy that i had introduced to them and i would liaise with them over whatsapp so that was an interesting sort of path that the entire uh, program and sort of my affiliation with the organization uh, took apart from that uh, i've definitely involved myself uh, in um, you know there was and this is not specifically uh, directly working on academics of the school but uh, along with a couple of other volunteers who had previously worked with the school we had also organized a bake sale in bangalore um to sort of help raise further funds for the school so we, these were a couple of uh, different ways that i continued to sort of stay in touch with the school and support the school have you also done some teaching work at other places while traveling or uh, this is the only one so professionally i am committed towards education equity and uh, i have been a teacher i have been an educator personally i love motorcycling and i'm glad that through this expedition uh, i had the opportunity to connect the two but i think other than that i keep them separate it was a unique opportunity that this uh, project sort of brought those two elements and like very important elements of my life together that's nice i think uh, that is also a good idea to not uh, to indulge in your hobbies or projects <laughs> while you are traveling because you know i have often seen that uh, when i start picking up waste or start volunteering with uh, uh waste management group then it kind of uh, takes away the reason why i was traveling to that place in the first uh, for the first reason and uh, some yeah. other reason comes up yeah uh, so tracy like what have you planned for the future well let me say this for me the world is an oyster at the moment i'm not sure where my life will take me but i know that wherever it takes me on a professional front uh, i will continue working towards education equity and on a personal front i will continue traveling i will continue riding motorcycle finding different scuba diving spots exploring local cuisine lose myself in the music uh, that's from the region so you know i i think i am not limiting myself to a time and space i'm i'm very open to uh, just taking all of the experiences that i've had previously leveraging them 
and continuing on this path where uh, wherever life takes me lastly uh, we discussed about the presence of female bikers in india a little bit and we kind of agree that while there are a lot of female bikers compared to other countries in india there are not many who do long campaigns even on global scale there are not many female bikers so yeah. do you have any suggestions for those who aspire to do this yeah i think i always think of this one incident that happened in india when i was riding this motorcycle my motorcycle one day there was this uh, school bus that was going in front of me and uh, it, the school bus had uh, the a glass back door you know there were a couple of students who uh, were looking through the window not the door sorry and uh, they were so surprised they figured out that i'm a woman and they were so surprised and they were like excited and they were pointing out at, uh, in some time like a few more students joined them and these kids uh, were very very young the only thing that kept going on and on in my mind is that how is it that at this young age they're already surprised that a woman is riding a motorcycle so they've already conditioned themselves there are gender stereotypes that exist right from the time you are you know a young child i think my take away from that whole experience was that sometimes as an adult we need to unlearn a lot of things uh you need to stop boxing yourself saying i can do this i cannot do this because i am a certain age because i am a certain gender you know you should just go ahead and do it so if there's one thing that i would suggest you do is don't box yourself if you want to travel solo if you want to ride a motorcycle um you know there is no harm in doing any of these things of course if you do it responsibly you may hate it but you know what you may also love it and uh, things might really take off for you but you wouldn't know until you've actually tried it so if there's one thing i would recommend uh, uh, people to do and more specifically if there are uh, aspiring uh, female motorcyclists um it is that just do it learn the technique spend time understanding how to do it responsibly and uh, do it that's all <laughs> as tracy said just do it if you want to do something do it and then if your experience is not good then you can uh, say no to it but uh, yeah <laughs> with this we have come to an end of this episode i would like to thank tracy for agreeing to join me and uh, record this session traveling can come with a good purpose if you add some meaning to it you don't even have to build a school in remote, in a remote place just take some stationery or uh, books for the students and see how your travel gets a meaning for a lifetime thanks desi for uh, coming as a guest and sharing your insights you're welcome manj thank you so much again for having me as part of your podcast series thank you you can stay connected with the podcast through our social media channels all the links are mentioned in the episode's description apart from this you can also go on uh, spotify or uh, itunes and amazon to rate this podcast give us a five star so that uh, more people know about it and uh, more people tune in to listen and uh, Yeah uh, with this we have come to an end and I will be back with a new guest and a new episode soon